good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Altazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, for your tools to try to answer any automotive question you might have, why don't you go ahead and give us a call? It's 499-9526. And you drop a 225 in front of that number, you can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States. That's right, and we really appreciate hearing from our state guests as well as our local. We do. We do. <laughs> get a different perspective on what's going on around the country. Absolutely. Or around the world, for that matter. Well, with the right codes. Hey, if you know how to do it, go ahead and knock yourself out. I don't, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I see we've got a call's already been patient. Holding. Good morning, Mike. Uh, good morning, Louis, and good morning, Brian. Good morning. Uh, I have a 2002 Camry that okay. has 199,000 miles on it. Wow. Okay. And sadly, the original spark plugs are still in there. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my problem in life. I'm wondering what would I? In the past, I've used carbon cleaner on other cars to, to pour into around the spark plug. I'm wondering if penetrating oil would be better or... Mike, is it a four-cylinder or a V6? It's a four-cylinder. Okay. Yeah, it's got four- the problem head. Yeah, four-cylinder, I wouldn't really expect a big problem with those coming out, even though they've been in there that long. Oh. What you could actually do, or what I've had better luck with, anything you pour around the top, that spark plug has got a seat on it that seats to the head. Nothing's going to really get in. What okay. I've had better luck with is actually sucking a small amount of carbon cleaner through the intake you have to be very careful. You don't want to hydrolock the engine or anything, but a small amount through the intake with it out of idle or running slightly above an idle, and that decarbonizes the chamber because what's likely to give you problem is the buildup around the base of the plug where it screws into the chamber. You don't want that to break off and go down into the cylinder. So, yes. But those are generally right on top of the motor. They're going to come out pretty easily. I really doubt you're having much of a problem even at that high a mileage. Okay, thank you. And how do I get the carbon cleaner into the motor? Use the spray? Yeah. Well, you can do that, or you can get a can and just pour a cap full to where you don't take the whole bottle. Take a vacuum hose off and just kind of touch it into it lightly to where it just slowly seep sucks it up in. And okay. you're going to see a big cloud of smoke come out the tailpipe when you do it. Oh, yeah, it's going to smoke for at least a couple hours after you get done. Yeah, don't do too, don't too be, much. Right. You don't want to hydrolock okay. the engine and you don't want to knock out the catalytic converter, but just a very, very small amount through there over a period of time. It may take you five minutes to get enough through there to do any good, but just a very, very slight amount. Okay. Where are you calling from, Mike? From Long Island, New York. All right. I I didn't think I noticed a Cajun (laughs) accent there. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I enjoy listening to yours. Well, great. Thank you. Also, have to mention that I take you guys for a run with me every Sunday. I really enjoy your show. Oh, well, great. Hold on after Mike, and he'll get your name and your address, and I'll get an Agco t-shirt out to you. I'll wear it with pride. All right. Thanks, Thanks, sir. Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. 499-9526 499-9526 number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Eye, we'd love to have you. That's something, isn't it? Yeah. All the way across the United States. And you know, this, this week I got actually an email from a fella in Botswana. That's what you told me Yeah, earlier. he had a Toyota and his headlights weren't coming on. He wanted a little advice. But yeah, car's a car. Car's a car, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make a big announcement, and we're going to talk about this throughout the show today because it's coming up. Our auto awareness class. Right. We haven't had one in several years it's now. It's been several years simply because we have been so busy that we just haven't been able to do it. But we finally had to break away, free up enough time. Now, what auto awareness is, for folks who don't know, it's a free class that we hold at AGCO. It's four hours. It will be next Saturday. November 2nd. November 2nd. Yes. From 12 to 4. Now That, that you, is 12. 12 or 1, you're late. If you don't know Aldazan, he, he says 12. That's it. <laughs> 12 <laughs> o'clock. We're going to start. Don't be there at 12 or 1. That's right. But it is free of charge. There's no cost to you. But you do have to pre-register. We can't take folks at the door because we limit the class size so that 
not only the everybody gets personal attention. Right, and not only that, but the material that we print out that you get during the class, mm-hmm. we have to know how many to go ahead and print out ahead of time That's so we'll right. have and everything is completely furnished. All you have to do is show up with a comfortable pair of shoes because we do some in shop sessions right. and so on. Now, if you want to get signed up, Elaine was gracious enough to, on her day off to really? go down to Agco this morning. Elaine. That's right. Now, wow. You, that's it. All right. You just dial <laughs> 291-6900. That will put you online with the lovely Elaine, and, and she, she will, will take the information. There you go. And she's sitting there right now waiting, so if you don't call, she's going to really give me the devil when I... <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you happen not to call today, you can still call during the week, you right? You can call during the week. Same okay. number, 291-6900 from 7 a.m. to 5.30 p. And but, when's going to be the last the cutoff day? Well... Hopefully, we will be full after today. Okay. By Thursday, we will quit taking registration. Okay. So, you do need to go ahead and get pre-registered. Very, very simple. Now, this is a great class. You're going to really enjoy it. We've had this class for about 30 years now. We've held, I guess, a couple of hundred times over, sure. over the years. But we just lately, we've been so busy, we haven't had time to do it. But some of the things we cover is how to communicate with an automotive shop to make sure they understand what it is you're talking about, how to understand what they're talking about. Of course, we'll take you in the shop, show you how we do a transmission service, how to inspect brakes properly, how to check your own fluid levels, how to check your belts, hoses. A lot of things you're going to learn to do yourself. That Mm -hmm. way you can kind of head off some of this problems later down the road. Well, that's it. And even if you're not interested in ever doing anything yourself, it will give you a good background to where when you do have to go to the shop, you understand a lot more about what they're talking about. Right. So you'll feel a lot more comfortable. And, I mean, we've had folks in this class from 14 to 85. Sure. And And it carries the whole span of of age groups. That's right. We've had folks who absolutely don't know anything about a car at all to have it do it yourself. Sure. And they all get something out of it. So auto awareness is going to be Saturday, November 2nd, which is next Saturday. Right. From 12 12 to to, 4. Exactly. And we get you in there precisely at 12 and out precisely at 4. We do serve refreshments, and we have some in-shop sessions. We have some in-class sessions. Right. We actually come in and start in-class, go over a few things, and then we actually go out to the shop. and Break up in groups. Right. You can actually see what we just showed in this classroom. You can actually see it hands-on out in the shop. Right. We'll hook up a scan tool to a car and show you when you check a check engine light what you're actually checking. Or a couple cars. A couple cars. Compare them. Hey, right. You see this code on this one, the same code on this one, but it's two totally different things, and this is why. Exactly. And I think you do the session on alignments and brakes and all that. Where Correct. you actually take a car out, take the wheels off of it, show them what's going on in their brakes so they understand when someone says you have a warped rotor, what that means. Exactly. We'll have several vehicles set up out in the shop. We have 12 bays, and actually 11 of them are accessible to get the wheels off of. So mm-hmm. we will have plenty of demonstration. That's right. And, of course, Josh Wilson generally takes a car and pulls the pan on an automatic transmission, shows you the insides of an automatic transmission, how we do a proper service, some things you want to look for. Correct. And just a great time all the way around. I think you'll really, really enjoy it. The only kick is you have to call right now. That's 291-6900. Call Elaine, and she will get you signed up. Now, if you call and you get a busy line, because I think they got four lines over there, and she's going to handle so many of them at a time. Right. <laughs> just keep calling back, and you will get in touch with her. You can also go online at our website. It's agcoauto.com, and I've put actually a link on the front page. Okay. You can click that, and it will take you to a little sign-up form. You can sign up, and be sure you put your phone number, because Elaine's going to call you back to verify it, because a lot of times I had a fellow from New York signed up. Oh, Lord. I, I said, well, unless you go drive down here to Baton Rouge for this case, oh, well, I, I didn't know where it was. <laughs> 
So, yeah, she will call you just to confirm everything with you. So put your phone number on the number of folks you want to bring. Because some people, maybe they and their wife. Or, right. Uh, they and their child. Yeah. If you got a young person who either just got their license or is just about to get their license. That, it's going to be a, it'd be a great class for That's them. That's right. Show them some things, how to check their all, right. how to check the air and the tires. Anything you can do to keep from having to pay somebody else to do. That's right. And one of the sessions that we go through is all the dash light and what they mean. Uh-huh. And you'd be surprised how many folks are just really not aware of that at all any longer. A lot of it is color. Color has mm-hmm. a big thing to do with dash lights, and we'll go over that more with the class. That's right, because dash lights come in different colors, and each color means something different. Correct. As to how you're going to act or react to that light. And we cover all of that and how even got a session on warranties and how to get your due on a warranty. Right. How to buy a car. How to buy a car. When to buy a car. When to trade. When to fix. That sort of thing. Right. Because like everything else in life, it's going to go on for a period of time. Inevitably, you're going to reach a point where it's just not practical to keep it going. Exactly. And knowing that ahead of time can save you a whole lot of money. You don't want to throw a lot of money into a lost cause. But by the same token, you don't want to leave a lot of money on the table. Exactly. And I find more people err that way. They will actually trade prematurely. We see folks a lot of times, a car with 110, 120,000 miles, they trade it off. And with just a little bit of care, they could have easily gotten double that. Oh, sure. So sometimes three times that. Cars go twice that now with just regular maintenance, hardly any trouble if you do the maintenance on them. Yeah, I mean, you're going to spend a dollar or two along the way. Sure. Remember a gentleman came in one time and he had a Suburban, I think it was... About six years old, had 100,000 miles on it. Uh-huh. And he asked, he says, Lewis, what's it going to take to get another 100,000 miles out of the Suburban? I said, well, you're probably going to end up putting a transmission in it right. at some point in time. you probably fix the air conditioning at some point in time. I said, you'll probably drop five, $6,000 over the next six years, 100,000 miles. I said, wow, that's a lot. I said, well, think about it. How much you pay for it new? Yeah. I said, 45000 I said, what's it worth now? He said, 5000 <laughs> Okay, well, you spent 40000 going for the first 100,000 miles. Yeah. It's been six and go another 100. Which one's a better deal? <laughs> exactly. He said, yeah, I never thought about it that way. But yeah. it's true, repairs may cost a bit, but they're never, ever going to come to what it costs to purchase to, another car. Exactly. I, I can assure you that. Exactly, because as the car ages, you have to carry less insurance on Right. It. Well, now, you go out and spend that much money on a brand new one, you've got to have it fully covered if you finance it. Well, if you finance it, you will have to. You have and to cover most it. people just can't afford to risk that much. If you went and spent forty grand for a car, they really can't afford to take that kind of risk. Exactly. So now you're carrying full coverage insurance, whereas with the old one, you got to carry liability, but probably Ex- that's all. Exactly. That's a big difference there that most people don't think about when mm-hmm. they go to get a new car. That's right. I know on my vehicles, I drive 8-, 12-year-old cars as a rule, and I carry liability on them, but... I just don't carry full coverage. Uh-huh. If I wreck my pickup this afternoon and it's total, chances are it won't be my fault because I'm a pretty good driver. But even if it is chances. my fault and I lose it, it's going to make me mad, but it's not going to ruin me financially. Yeah. I'll just go buy another one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to wipe me out. So I can save that $1,000 every year and exactly. or 1500 or whatever it is every year. And I've been doing that for about 40 years now, so I figure i got about fifty grand saved up. i got to <laughs> buy another one anyway. So I'm, I'm dollars way ahead here. There you know? go. Auto awareness class, and like I said, go ahead and call Elaine right now. It's 291-6900. Don't wait till after the show, because I would imagine about 11 o'clock she's going to beat it on out. (laughs) Well, not just that. It's going to fill up fast. Yeah, it really does. Every year when we announce it, generally after the first announcement, we pretty much fill up, but sometimes not. So if we do not fill up, or even if we do, we can take your name, put you on a waiting list, because sometimes folks will call and cancel. Correct. Things happen, maybe... You know, child gets sick or right. somebody had to work overtime, wasn't expecting it, who knows what, and they call and they cancel. So if we got you on a waiting list, we then can 
get you signed up and get, get you ready to right go. Right on in there. We don't want anybody to miss it in case they do want to get it. <laughs> <laughs> also, go to the website, agcoauto.com. You can sign up there. And like I said, just be sure to put your phone number. And so we need to cover on it. I think you got it and covered. I got that just about. At least enough to get us out of here, huh? That's right. That's right. <laughs> at least get the phones ringing, hopefully. Huh? There you go. Give hey, Elaine something to do. There you go. We're going to take a quick little break and be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Travel my way, take the highway. Hey, Agco Automotive is here to tell you some things are too good to be true. Like free beer tomorrow or lose weight on the ice cream and cheeseburger diet. Another thing too good to be true, the low price oil change. Automotive businesses will sucker you in with an under $30 oil change and then give you a huge list of recommended maintenance and repairs like flushes, brake work, rack and pinion leaks, oil leaks, and more. Well, Agco says be smart. When you get the list, bring your vehicle to Agco and we'll provide you an honest evaluation of any problems you may be having. Want to know more details about upsells and wallet flushes, plus tons of other automotive info? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Agco, it's the place to go. Oh, and those beautiful models just waiting to talk to you late at night? Yeah, too good to be true. Welcome back. This joins the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Between tools to try to answer any automotive questions you might have, why don't you go and give us a call? It's 499-9526, and we just love to hear from you. We're going to our phone lines with John. Good morning, John. Good morning, Louis. How are you today? Doing great, sir. Good morning. Got a little question for you. I know if you have a Honda, they talk about changing the uh, timing belt at around, somewhere around 100,000 miles. Yes, sir. And uh, really, on that, John... 100,000 miles is important, but seven years is more important. The years are more important than the miles. If you put 100,000 miles in one year, that belt would still look like brand new. But if you had 30,000 miles in seven years, it's going to be broken down and ready to break. Okay, so to change it. Seven uh, what years. If you had, what if you had 200,000 in five years? Would you think it'd be time to change it? I would, yes. Okay. Yeah, right. it's 105,000 or seven years, whichever comes first. Okay, next question. Mm-hmm. If, if I have GM product, like a truck, mm-hmm. the one you, we talked about last week, the six-cylinder, I don't hear people talking about changing the timing belt. So well, it doesn't have a belt. It has a chain. Okay, so is that good for the long haul? Pretty much. Pretty good much. for the life of the car, yes, sir. It, they do occasionally break, very, very rarely. And when they do, it's a non-interference motor, so you're not going to have a problem. I mean, the odds of it breaking are slim. I don't go in and change them on a maybe. I just wait until you know, if it starts rattling or something. Now, the Ford products are an exception to that. If you use aftermarket oil filters on a Ford or use the wrong oil in it, that chain will yeah. go to rattling. It'll break a chain guide and check engine light will pop on. Yeah. But on Chevrolet, it's got a little short yeah. chain because it's not an overhead cam engine. And they hardly ever give trouble. I mean, I've seen them with 250,000, 300,000 miles original chains on. Okay. My wife has a 2012 Acura, mm-hmm. and I have a 2013 Pilot. And in both cases, when you take the, if you take the car to the dealer, they're going to put synthetic oil in Yes, they require what? synthetic. Okay. That's not optional. What's your take on when you would change oil in those? It depends on how you drive the car, John. Oil changes are not predicated on mileage. That's an absolutely horrible way to change oil, even though that's the way everybody does it. All changes are predicated on the way you operate the vehicle. Now, what I mean by that is, let's say your average trip. You know, you get in the car, you crank it up, you go somewhere, and you turn it off. If that average trip is less than five miles, which a lot of people are, they go to church, they go to the grocery store, they go to work, 
if it's less than five miles, then you need to be changing that oil every 3,000 miles. And don't pay any attention to what anybody tells you. Regardless if it's got regular or synthetic in it. Right, either way. Now, if your average trip is long, let's say you, you live in Baton Rouge and you work in Geismar, and your average trip is 45 miles each way, well, you can stretch it out because the oil gets hot, it gets to 212 degrees, the moisture in your oil starts to boil, it turns to steam, the PC system sucks it out, and it cleans itself. So that's ideal conditions. Under those conditions, you could probably push out four, five, six, maybe even 7,000 miles and be okay. But what happens when you do not change your oil often enough and you're driving on those short trips is all the additives are going to go away. You're going to start getting things like seals leaking. You're going to get things like time and change stretching. You will never save enough money on oil changes to make up for the damage you're going to cause. Gotcha. All righty. Yeah, most of, both of those cars have an indicator yeah, where they're going to tell that, you fifteen percent. You got to remember, yeah. John, what the folks who designed that car had in mind. The engineer that designed that car had a service life of well, that and he had a service life of one hundred thousand miles in mind. That's what they told him when he built it. Right, and built it to last one hundred thousand miles. If you're going to keep it a hundred thousand and throw it away, then do what they say. But a lot of people go in with that intent, and then when it reaches 100,000 miles, they look at it and say, wait a minute. Whoa, I, I got, still owe money on this yeah, car. I, I got to keep another it. another 40 grand to call for. Right, I got to keep it. <laughs> and that's the ones who get in deep, deep, deep trouble. Well, when you talk about how you drive it, and then we're sitting there talking about that, and say 3,000 miles, stretch it out a little bit more. Is there some magic number that no. you can use that guide for at all, like 50%? I, I would totally disregard it. Yeah, I disregard really. those guides okay. on my truck. I change my oil every 3,000 because all of my driving is very, very short mileage. I don't reset the guide, and I watched it, and it came on at 9,000 miles. Wow. Yeah. Which you would be damaging the engine at that at the way I drive. So that's I ridiculous. I just don't use them. I disregard them totally. you got to remember the folks building those guides are the people who are trying to sell you a new car. Yeah. Well, and they are building more. that car for 100,000 miles. One more on that. If you don't drive it. 3,000 miles, is there a monthly, if you don't... You Every know, six like months. Six yeah. Months yeah, don't months. go past six months. Okay. Got All right. Thank you so much. All right, John. All right. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Sure. Bye. 499-9526, number if you want to be part of the automotive fire, we'd love to have you. We got Keith online. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. How you doing? Doing great, Good sir. Good morning. Man, look, I got a 2004 F-150 pickup truck with a 4.6 in it. Okay. okay. And when you, at idle... You turn the air condition on, the motor makes like the RPMs are going down, and it makes like a, a different sound. You turn the air condition back off, mm-hmm. the RPMs come up, right. and everything sounds okay. Yeah. Is that something that's concerned? Oh, absolutely. It could possibly be a belt-driven accessory. When the compressor comes on, the additional load loads it up. But most likely going to be the ac compressor now it doesn't mean the compressor's bad it could be the bolts are loose on the brackets and it's rattling against the engine could be the compressor's bad i mean what you're going to need to do is go in and just inspect it and you can see the front of the clutch on that one when you turn it on when that clutch engages if it starts to rattle look down and see if the compressor is nice and solid against the engine it's not moving at all then you got a compressor going bad now this is the key on an AC compressor, if you can change it before it comes apart, you are going to be so far ahead of the game that it's not even going to be funny. Once that compressor goes grenade on you, it's going to sling metal all through that system. Now, number one, it's almost impossible to clean all that up. And number two, you end up putting a condenser and a compressor and a whole bunch of other stuff. So your cost is going to get way, way higher, not to mention your inconvenience. Okay. So I would definitely get that addressed right away. And make sure you use a quality compressor to put yeah, back if you're on gonna it. try to do it yourself yeah. what you need to do is to pull the orifice tube if there's any metal in that orifice tube then it's already too late you're gonna need to change the comp- 
compressor. You can need to change the condenser, condenser. change the orifice tube and the accumulator, and you need to flush the devil out of everything else. Okay. If not, you'll be doing it again in short order. Right. What would it cost to have someone do something like that? I don't know. A bunch. It, it, it depends on <laughs> it depends on what they find when they get there. Yeah, it depends on what you find, man. Best thing's bringing in. Let me go ahead. I'll pull the orifice tube out. Once I do that, I can tell you if it's just a compressor, it's not too bad. But if it's been going on for any length of time, I would kind of expect the worst. Now, there is the odd chance it could be a belt-driven accessory. Like I said, that's just being loaded by the compressor. That would be a whole lot less, but most of the time, that's not the case. All right. Thank you very much. Hi, Keith. All Thanks, right, man. Bye-bye. 499-9526 number. We're going to take one quick little break. James, hold on. You'll be straight up after this break. Hey, Agco Automotive is here to tell you some things are too good to be true, like free beer tomorrow or lose weight on the ice cream and cheeseburger diet. Another thing too good to be true, the low-price oil change. Automotive businesses will sucker you in with an under $30 oil change and then give you a huge list of recommended maintenance and repairs like flushes, brake work, rack and pinion leaks, oil leaks, and more. Well, Agco says be smart. When you get the list, bring your vehicle to Agco and we'll provide you an honest evaluation of any problems you may be having. Want to know more details about upsells and wallet flushes, plus tons of other automotive info? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Agco, it's the place to go. Oh, and those beautiful models just waiting to talk to you late at night? Yeah, too good to be true. Hey, welcome back. If you join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hatred and Tools try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go and give us a call, 499-9526. And if you want to sign up for the Auto Awareness Show, which is right. coming on next weekend. Right. November 2nd. That's right. You Elaine can, is at the shop right now. That's right. And you can call her right now at 291-6900. That's right. That'll get you in our class and get you signed up. That's right. You give her a call. She'll sign you up right on the spot, and she's sitting there with twiddling her fingers right now. I know it's calling. <laughs> I know. You're going to be in deep when you get out of here. Boy, I will, so I want everybody to call real quick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to our lines with James. Good morning, James. Good morning, sir. Yes, sir. Good morning. Well, the other day I changed my TPM S center in my right front tire. All right, sir. And the new one I put in, my test equipment that showed that zero tire pressure, even though it had 35 in it. Of course, that set off a flashing yellow light. Yeah, what kind of answer. vehicle are you talking about, James? Say, 05 Yukon. Okay. okay. What do I have to do, go buy another one? Or? Well, that one does not have to be programmed. A lot of them, like your Toyotas, you have to actually enter the IP address of the sensor. I think on a Yukon, it should be self-programming as far as recognizing the sensor. Am it I, should, yeah. Yeah, so if it's not reading, either, James, you got another bad sensor or you could have a bad receiver and it's just lost that channel. Another real possibility is that it's been tires have been rotated and it has not been relearned and you replace the wrong sensor. In other words, it may say a certain sensor, but that sensor may be on the opposite side of the car because the tires rotated and the system doesn't know, so it's still going to tell you the last position it remembers it in. So you may have replaced the wrong sensor. So you'd have to have some test equipment to tell you which it is, but that's going to be pretty much your choices. You might just try go in and learn the system where you identify the sensors to it. It could be that it just needs to be relearned. Could be. 
if you got the right equipment to relearn them. Once you do that, you may find that the sensor that's bad is actually in a different position, and like I said, just the wrong one got replaced. That tool I have is limited. Yeah, okay. if you bought the sensor from a GM dealer, I would say the odds of it being bad are pretty slim. If you got an aftermarket one, maybe I'd probably take it back and say, hey, look, this doesn't work, and see if they'll give you another one. Now, if, of course, the second one does the same thing, then you pretty much know <laughs> you got another problem. Yeah, he'll recognize the other three times with no problem. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it could be the receiver. See, it's a four-channel receiver, and it can lose one channel, mm-hmm. and it won't see a sensor that is there. Or like Brian was saying, you can reprogram it. It may have just lost its program on that one sensor. So you might want to take it to someone, let them reprogram it for you, and see if that doesn't clear it up. Yep. It, that could be it as well. We like to walk through the programming once we change the sensor just to make sure it's reading. And mm-hmm. like I say, if you don't have the right equipment to go right. through the yeah, program, you need a GM Tech too to do that, which well, is a pretty you, sophisticated tool. Well, I mean, you can actually go through it if you got the sensor activator, which okay. we have at the shop. Yeah, you actually have to have a tool that activates the sensor as you go around the vehicle, so it learns all the sensors back. Yeah, it'll do that now. Okay, we'll try that and see yeah. if that doesn't do anything. If it still doesn't do it, I'd probably swap the sensor one more time and just see. Now, I mean, one other thing you could just try, if you want to clarify it, is go ahead and break the tires down, take a sensor out of another wheel, and see if it reports the right position gone. If it doesn't, if it says another wheel is now missing, then you know it needs to be reprogrammed. Okay, well, i got two new ones coming in Tuesday, mm-hmm. so I'll just put one of them in. There you go. Okay, and Hi, by James. the way, keep on uh, playing that music. They don't make it like that anymore. Hey, that's, that's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact, okay. man. All Appreciate right, James, it. thanks for calling, man. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 is the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. And we got Gene online. Good morning, Gene. Hey, good morning. Yes, good, sir. Good morning. Look, I've got a 2005 Mercury Marquis okay. with 81,000 miles okay. on it. And here lately, about every three months, I've been having my brake lights coming on. I've been having to add a little brake fluid. Hmm, okay. What do you think is going on with that? Got to be a leak in it, Gene. Right. Those and are probably going to have four-wheel disc on it, and the calipers are not bad at all about leaking. I would probably suspect the master cylinder, particularly if you don't see any fluid leaking. Right. Because you, sh- you should be able to take a flashlight and look underneath the vehicle, the caliper on each wheel. Okay. And if it's not wet, it's not leaking there. You have rubber hoses you have to take into account. You also have a ABS unit. Plus, I have seen some steel lines actually rust and start leaking yeah. it's just rare but it happens yeah those are more the exception most right. likely gene if you don't see any fluid anywhere do you know the two nuts on the side of that master cylinder yeah if you just loosen those up or take them off pull the master away from the booster you got fluid running out the back of it right do not unhook the brake lines from the master cylinder yeah. just unbolt the master cylinder move from the, the booster. whole thing's bend the line slightly and right move it forward it'll flex that much now one thing gene if it is leaking out the brake master cylinder into the booster once fluid gets into that booster, it's done. Uh-oh. If you put a new master, what's going to happen is it's going to end up sucking the seals right out of the new master again. Okay. In fact, most of the boosters, they sell, they won't even sell you a booster without selling your master cylinder with it. Right. So if it's got fluid in the booster, you're going to be into changing the booster and the master cylinder. Those two work together, and once fluid gets in there, it's a big rubber diaphragm in it. And it eats a hole through that diaphragm, and the vacuum starts to suck on the back of that master cylinder, and it'll just suck the seals right out of it. So if, if that's the case, normally you won't see any fluid anywhere. But like I said, you pull it away, and you'll see the yeah. fluid inside that booster. We've if, actually got a little camera we can stick down there and look inside and see it in there. I think I'm going to come in and let you boys take a look. That at sounds that like a winner to me. Yes, All right. <laughs> Appreciate them, folks. All right, Gene. Right, thanks, sir. man. Thanks. Bye-bye. 499-9526 number. If you want to be part of the automotive eye, we'd love to have you. You got to be a contortionist to get that booster out of it. Yeah, it's a tough one. You got to lay on your back on the seat and reach on it with both hands and try to work tools and, and it's a pretty good job. Fortunately, Ford has actually a pretty competitive price on that booster. They do. It's not a very expensive part relative to some. 
I know GM charges, I don't know, four or $500 for a brake booster, and some of the import stuff is even higher than that. I think a Ford booster brand new from Ford is about $180. Right. That's Which is still a lot, reasonable. but it's, it's way, way reasonable compared to four or $500. Exactly. <laughs> Better than poking eye with a sharp stick anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking earlier about our auto awareness class. Uh-huh. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I do want to make sure everybody understands the opportunity because this is not going to be repeated this year. So if you don't get signed up for this particular class, we won't have another one this year. And I can't say for certain we're going to have another one next year. Exactly. It just depends on the workload in the shop because to hold the class, we have to bring in staff members who have already worked 45 hours all week in the shop. They're tired. And you're throwing in another four hours. So well, four plus. Plus. you got to figure we get there at least an time, hour and a half. Right. And then clean up time after. Right. So it's kind of a pretty tough deal on us. So we don't just have them all the time, although we'd like to. It's just a very, very, very good opportunity. And anybody who is interested in a car, folks who aren't interested in a car, just want to feel more comfortable with their car. Correct. Folks who just don't have $40,000 to throw down every three years. You can actually learn a little bit. So when you do have to go to deal with a shop, you understand what they're telling you. It's not some foreign language that they're talking in and you don't understand. That's exactly right. You know, we did a session on shops are from Mars and the article on the website. Customers are from Earth. And what the point that makes is that technical people tend to talk a whole different language correct and things mean different things to them than they mean to the average person average person says something he means it one way but when the technician hears it or the service writer hears it he hears something totally different correct and if you don't understand how that works you can go way way wrong go way down the road misinformation costs money it does in in the long run a good example would be a person who has a shimmy in their steering wheel at 70 miles an hour Mm -hmm. so they go to the shop and they say how much is a front end alignment and the guy says well x dollars okay fine go ahead and do it well the technician gets in the car he drives it maybe it's drifting slightly to the right steering wheel's a little bit off center he puts it up the alignment's off he sets the alignment he drives it again 45 50 miles an hour like he can correct hands you the car back Hands you the bill, you leave, maybe finds a worn out idle arm or something like that. So you walk out of there with a three, four hundred dollar bill. You get the car back, next time you get 70 miles, you shake it's still there. Now, did you just get ripped off or did you tell him to do the wrong thing? Exactly. Actually, you told him the wrong thing because a shake at 70 miles an hour is never a wheel alignment. That's going to be a balance problem or a bent wheel. And the thing about it, if any all your local shops are do not have readily access to 70 miles an hour legally. Right. So the chances of them driving your vehicle 70 miles an hour are extremely well, unless slim. unless you ask them to do it. Unless you ask. They're not going to just go out and drive every car 70 miles an hour to see if it's got a shimmy because right. that would take an inordinate amount of time, and you're paying for that time. It might take me an hour to get to the interstate, drive the car 70, turn around and come back in, sure. in the middle of the day. Sure. So an hour is 90 to $150 depending, depending on where, where you, you go in town. Right. And they're not going to just go and do that. So what you have to do instead is when you go into the shop, tell them, my car has a shimmy at 70 miles an hour. What do I need to do? And then you're going to get your problem resolved. Exactly. But the other way, you spend a whole lot of money. Maybe you needed that anyway, but it wasn't the problem you had. Now you still got the same problem. That's it. So this is the kind of stuff that we're going to teach at this class, along with tons of other stuff. You know, how to check belts. How do you look at a belt now? Because the new belts are made out of EPDM, so you're not going to see the cracks like you did on the old belts. Exactly. They don't do that anymore. You may have a belt without a crack in it. It looks like brand new, but it burns up your AC compressor because it's slipping. Or even worse, it breaks and leaves you stranded somewhere. Breaks and leaves you stranded somewhere, overheats the engine, maybe blows the head gasket. 
So give Elaine a call. She's at the shop right now. Donate her day valuable off, time. Her valuable time and her day off. <laughs> That's 291-6900. That's right. Answer machines are off, and she is there. You give her a call. She will get you signed up. And she says she's already got quite a few, but there's still room, room for some more. Right. You give her a call. She'll sign you up, get you into the class, and I think you'll really enjoy it. We're going back to our phone lines with David. Good morning, David. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. Yes, I have a 2005 Chevrolet Tahoe, mm-hmm. and if I if I've got the air conditioning on and I really I push the accelerator down pretty good. Uh-oh. Uh oh. No, no, no. It, that, the engine works great, yeah. but uh, the air conditioning seems to change to heat. You know, it goes to heat to blow hot air. Uh huh. Okay. And I've heard that it's a vacuum leak. But, well, uh, not on that one. That one, right, that one's that not vacuum operated. On a Ford or on a lot of the older cars, that would have been the case. That one is not vacuum operated, David. It's got electric actuators in it. And okay. what an actuator does, it actually uses the computer, and you set a temperature, and it has a blend door. Right. Called that because it blends air between hot and cold. That actuator is a mechanical motor that opens and closes this door. What's normally happening there is that the actuator is either going bad or the panel that runs it is going bad, and what it's doing is it's moving it when it shouldn't. And so, therefore, is it on the left side or the right side or both, or do you know? Well, it's blowing on me, and I'm... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, most time, i got to say it's the left side, and when it's blowing 200-degree air in your face, you really don't care too much about anything else. Right. But most of the time, it is the left actuator that goes bad. We change probably three of those for every other one we change. There's four of them on there all together. Okay. The left one, fortunately, is the easiest to change. Oh, good. Probably about an hour to change it. It's about a $250 part. Okay. So if that's all it is, it's not a big deal. The one on the right takes about twice that long, probably about an hour and a half to change it. Same price for the part. The other two probably take anywhere from four to five hours to change, but they don't go out nearly as much. Okay. So well, you can bring it in. We can run a scan on it. That sets a code. It's not going to be a check engine light type code. Uh-huh. It's going to be a code in the body control module. But with the proper scan tool, you can bring it up, and it will have counts. It'll tell you that that actuator is causing that kind of problem. We can isolate which one it is, and it really doesn't take very long to change it. Now, okay. one other problem, you said it, it just starts blowing hot, or does it blow just warm, just ambient air? It's blowing warm more than a blast furnace. Well, one thing that Brian just brought my attention to, if it's not blowing heated air, it's just blowing ambient air, it could be the compressor's kicking out. Under under hard acceleration. acceleration. Yeah, that is a possibility as well. They have what they call a cycle switch, and when the compressor starts to turn faster, let's say it's a little low on refrigerant, the compressor starts to turn fast, it draws the low side down too low, the cycle switch may cut Uh out which okay. could cause the same problem. So what we do is start out with a scan. If there's no codes for any type of actuator problem and you're pretty sure it's not heated air, it's just ambient air, then we'd go after a compressor problem where probably the clutch is kicking out. It could even be something like a loose wire that's just getting pulled when the engine torques over. Uh, okay. All righty. Uh, thank you, sir. Okay, Dave. All right, sir. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 is the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we're going to take one last quick little break, and we'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Hey, Agco Automotive is here to tell you some things are too good to be true. Like free beer tomorrow or lose weight on the ice cream and cheeseburger diet. Another thing too good to be true, the low price oil change. Automotive businesses will sucker you in with an under $30 oil change and then give you a huge list of recommended maintenance and repairs like flushes, brake work, rack and pinion leaks, oil leaks and more. Well, Agco says be smart. When you get the list, 
bring your vehicle to AGCO and we'll provide you an honest evaluation of any problems you may be having. Want to know more details about upsells and wallet flushes, plus tons of other automotive info? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. AGCO, it's the place to go. Oh, and those beautiful models just waiting to talk to you late at night? Yeah, too good to be true. Welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Alvazan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you give us a call? We've got plenty of time left. We'll be glad to get you an answer and point you in the right direction. That's right. And should you happen to miss your little chance you got left here today, or you think of something after the show goes off the air, or even during the week when we're not on the air, you can still get your questions answered. You can go to our website at agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O. AUTO.com. There is a contact bar on each and every page. You can send Lewis an email any time of the day or night and get an answer back within 24 hours. That's right. A lot of times sooner, just depending on when you send it. Well, if I happen to be sitting there at the computer and my little dinger goes off, and I'm going to probably write right back to you just right away, and you, you might get an answer within two minutes. <laughs> That's it. Just depends. Now, if you send it after about 8.30, you're not going to get it to tomorrow morning at 5.30 when I get up, because generally after about 8.30, I'm looking at the inside of my eyelids. <laughs> <laughs> But I, but I do get up real early in the morning, so I will get asked back to you first thing the next morning. So There's also a lot of great uh, other information on that site. There's a vehicle questions, which is a straight-to-the-point answer to a particular question. Right, and we got the detailed topics. Put one on there this morning that talks about our auto awareness class, and we've talked about that quite a bit during this hour. Uh-huh. But I just want to stress to people, if you are interested in attending this class, this is your one opportunity to go ahead and give Elaine a call right now. She's at the shop. She will get you signed up. If you happen to get a busy signal, just call back because she's there by herself trying to make all these calls, and she can only handle so many at a time. Right. But get signed up. Get on list. There is no charge at all. Absolutely free. Great, great show. I am I'm absolutely certain you're going to walk out of Knowing something more than you knew well, when you and, got there. Well, and very happy that you attended. We sure. do a review on that, and I have never gotten a review back that was less than five stars. That's great. I mean, folks always really, really enjoy it. It's very lighthearted. It's quick. It's fast. It's not a bunch of drudgery and technical facts. It's it's really fun type of thing. We keep it that way. The guys will take time to put everything in simple language for you where you can understand it, show you how everything works on your car. So you're going to really, really enjoy it. You give Elaine a call. It's 291-6900, 291-6900. She's there right now. She'll get you signed up. There is no charge for that whatsoever. We sponsor it. Agco sponsors that 100% right. as a community service. You're going to get a little pamphlet when you get there that's yours to take with you when you a leave. handbook. Yes, sir. It, like Lewis was saying, there's a lot of hands-on. We'll, we're actually going to take you out into the shop mm-hmm. and show you this is a brake rotor, this is what happens to it, or whatever the topic may be while we're out there. That's right. And we can show you things like, how do you tell the age of your tires? Uh-huh. Because a lot of folks don't realize a tire does wear out, clearly. It can get cut. It can get all kinds of things wrong with it, separated, the belt's hanging out. But a perfectly good-looking tire can get old, sure, and it is now dangerous. After and six years, it's generally considered not safe by exactly. most experts. So how do you know when your tires are old? And there's a way to tell, and we're going to show you that as well. Right. It's on each and every tire, and you attend the class, and we'll show That's you how right. to do if it. you want to know, you got to come to class. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> we ain't going to tell you. <laughs> 
just covers so, so many things. I don't know that we've ever had anyone come in. We had a young lady one time. She was 14 years old, hadn't gotten her license yet, and her dad insisted uh-huh. before he was going to let her get a license, she had to come to this class. Okay. And when she came in, she wasn't real happy about giving up her Saturday, but she came to us after class. She said, I am so happy I came to this. Right. Says, I learned so much. And, and I mean, she, in fact, she's still a good customer. She comes in just about every time she needs any kind of service. That's great. And that's kind of the whole point of it, to get people to someone who's going to help them out and teach you stuff that you can use for the rest of your life. Exactly. You know, it's this one little four-hour investment is going to pay dividends to you for the rest of your life. And all you really have to do is call Lane right now. It's 291-6900. Get signed up because we can't accept folks at the door. No, sir, we can't. And if the class fills up before you get in, we can put you on a waiting list. That's right. Somebody cancels, we'll give you a call and let you know it's open. Well, we have to keep it limited so that we can give personal attention to exactly. each person. Because if you get 100 people, nobody's going to get very much personal attention. If you don't make the class this time, the next time we have it, you'll be first on the list. We'll give you a call. That's right. We Which will notify you, but that could be a couple could be of years ne- from exactly. now. Just depending on what our workload is like. But give her a call. She's there right now. She'll get you signed up. And you can also go to the website at www.agcoauto.com. Com, click on the auto awareness icon and that will take you to a little form where you can sign up put your phone number in there just in case you decide you want to do it after we go off the air uh-huh. then you can send that to me and i'll forward that to elaine and she'll call you back and make the appointment for Great. you hey we're going back to our phone lines with chris good morning chris good morning my daughter has a 2008 toyota mm-hmm. and it's using six quarts of oil and three thousand miles wow Whoa. Yeah, that's and a lot. That's an awful lot. The dealer, the dealer keeps on saying that that's normal. Oh, no, come on, they man. don't want to deal with it. <laughs> really? Yeah. You know, I got a forty-year-old car at home that don't use that much oil. Yeah, I got a two thousand two Chevy pickup. It doesn't use any at all. No, something is wrong, Chris. If it's using that much oil, I would say you're probably either going to have some stuck or broken rings. Is about the only place that much yeah. oil could go. Because you couldn't possibly leak that much oil. If you leaked that much oil, you'd have a spot the size of Texas under your car. And it really, the valve guide seals can use some oil, but they're not going to use oil to that degree. Most likely, you've got some stuck rings in it. And it depends on how many miles and stuff you have on it as to what they might try. If it's a fairly new car, sometimes they can go in and do what they call a chemical treatment, which can free the rings up and cut that way, way back, if not cut it out. If it's an older car with high mileage, then you end up rebuilding the engine or at least replacing the rings. Well, it's low mileage, and like I said, I think it's a 2008. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've had oil consumption tests. Okay. Is what they call it. Well, but, what's uh, that? <laughs> yeah. Who's doing it? Yeah, just write down every time you put a quart of oil in. I mean, yeah. there, there is no oil consumption test. Now, what they can do or what you could even do or have done is what they call a compression test. And what you do is a dry compression test first. If you go on my website, type in compression test, it'll show you how to do it. You do the readings first dry, and then you come back and you put a little oil in the cylinder, which will temporarily seal those rings. If the readings come up appreciably on the second test, then you know you're in the rings. Now, you can do a cylinder leak down test and a lot of other things. I doubt very seriously a dealership is doing that. That's not the kind of problem you're generally going to get solved at a dealership. You're going to have to find a good independent shop to help you with that. And with the chemical yeah. treatment, it's worth the risk to try it. Yeah. Because it's not going to hurt anything. Sometimes it works. Sometimes right. it does not work. You just work. can't guarantee it's going to work. Sometimes it makes it better. Sometimes it doesn't help at all. But it doesn't cost a huge amount of money relative to the cost of an engine. That's the only thing you're going to be able to do short of rebuilding the engine. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, that kind of oil usage is not going to fly because what's going to happen is going to take the catalytic converter out, which is extremely expensive on that car. Yeah, it's not smoking right now because the converter is doing its best to burn all that all up, but the temperature right. in that converter is sky high because it's like pouring charcoal on the fire, yeah. giving it fuel, and it's burning, and it's, it's not designed to burn. 
burn oil fumes, designed to burn gas fumes. So it's going to end up taking your converter out, and when it does, you're going to be into a sizable chunk of change. Some of those Toyota converters can be fifteen, eighteen hundred dollars Not to mention, you still got the problem ahead still of it, got so the problem. You, you just throwing a Band-Aid at the situation. Well, if you throw a new converter on, it's going to take the new one out. Right. So, yeah, it's going to have to get addressed at some point, and... Are you still under any kind of warranty with it? She had an extended warranty that she got with it. Okay. Well, and I just called yeah. the warranty company and said, hey, guys, look, this is not normal. It, it's not supposed to burn six quarts of oil in 3,000 miles. You could argue that a quart of oil in 1,000 miles, I don't even agree that that's normal. But I don't either. A lot of them will say that's the cutoff point, but I've never seen six quarts in 3,000 miles be normal. Well, six quarts in a four-cylinder, you have an add oil before 3,000 miles. Well, yeah. Two yeah. quarts, because yeah. the four-cylinders hold about four, four-and-a-half quarts. At most. So if you're burning yeah. six yeah, you'll burn in 3,000, all the oil's going to be gone well, out of it. I know that it empties the oil pan in 3,000 miles. Wow. Jeez, yeah. there's something definitely wrong yeah, there. Yeah, that's definitely something wrong. I would suggest wet and dry compression test first, and that okay. will tell you for sure that it is the rings. That will confirm it. Then I just go back with that evidence, even if you have to pay somebody to do it. Right. Take the test results back to them and say, here, now this is the problem. Now what you can do yeah. about it. Right. Okay. All righty. All right, thanks a lot. All right, Chris. All right sir. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 499-9526, the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. That's way excessive. Yeah, and way we excessive. see that a lot, particularly on newer vehicles. A lot of the new vehicles will burn a quart of all 1,000, quart every 500. We see that very sure. frequently. I get that call quite a bit. Sure. The, People the say, I, I just bought a new Chevy pickup, and it's burned a quart of all every 500 miles, and they told me that's normal. Right. The machine work on them is terrible. Oh, it is. It's, it's just it. terrible. Well, just about every piece of it is done offshore, and I've torn those engines down, and you look at the head surface, you look at the cylinder surface. Sure. Did machine work for a number of years. They'd have fired me for turning that out. <laughs> I, I can absolutely guarantee you that would have never flew. Exactly. But, yeah, the, the machine work on them is just deplorable, and it's just – I don't know how to get off. I don't know how to get by EPA with that. I really hey, don't. They make 100,000 miles, and that's it. Well, and Some and of them don't right. even make that. A lot of them yeah, don't. We, we had an 09 Escalade. In mm -hmm. the shop the other day, need an engine. 85,000 miles on That's right. Yeah, no oil pressure. No oil pressure. Yeah, that's getting more and more and more frequent, unfortunately. At very least, you can take out the catalytic converter. Well, that kind of consumption. And burn a whole lot of oil. <laughs> right. That kind of consumption can't fly. No. You start emptying an oil pan yeah. in 3,000 miles, mm -hmm. something's definitely going on there that's, that's not right. normal. And Lane did just call and said the auto awareness class for November 2nd is completely filled up. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to take any more registrations. I really appreciate all the folks who called in during the show today. Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.